0: are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network.
1: What is everybody? Welcome back to the College Podcast, episode 166 of the College of Podcast. I am Don Lark, at one day on Twitter slash X. I keep saying that X part, Twitter. I'm your joining Mr. Harrison Tartar. How you doing, buddy?
0: Hey, man, I'm great. I uh, just got to witness Auburn absolutely thump South Carolina in the biggest – Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, biggest margin of victory over a top 25 team in program history. That's a little bit of a mouthful, Uh, but uh, 40 point ass whooping. That's the only way you can describe that one. Uh, So, you know, feeling very encouraged. I'm sure a lot of Auburn fans are are in a lot better headspace now than they were uh, following Sundays uh, or Saturday. Excuse me, they whatever that was. Um, So uh, that was, uh, was certainly an encouraging portion. Softball winds up coming back and winning. Things feel fun again. Uh, for a little bit and uh and i know auburn fans are in a good headspace because they hadn't felt some good news since last friday when gymnastics manhandled um and, and took down alabama uh yeah i know chef's kiss it's always always a good time to break out a reverse rammer jammer but we got a lot of news to cover today dylan really 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 full rundown yeah, extremely full rundown and got a couple of uk matchups both on the men's side and the women's side which i feel like doesn't happen a ton um it's happened one other time this year lsu that i can think of off the top of the head um but,
1: LSU, wasn't Ole
0: Miss? Yeah, maybe, maybe an old Miss. I feel like it just doesn't happen all the time, though. So it's always yeah. kind of like odd and off-putting, and you're like, "What are you? Are we? Are we talking about the same thing?" But yeah, got a lot, Got a couple of uh, UK matchups to preview. Obviously, softball back in action. Baseball returning uh, to the diamond on Friday, and we've got our rotation announced uh, officially uh, as of today, or as of yesterday. One of the uh, – yesterday's is this coming out. So we'll, we'll break that down. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to feel really good about that. I'm going to bogey a little bit um, because I'm really, really, really happy with the way that things shook out, um, I think. We'll see. But we'll, uh, we'll start with football. We'll work our way through. Spring practice around the corner. Dylan, keys are yours.
1: Yeah, spring practice right around the corner. I think about a week and a half away from your favorite Auburn football team coming back to the Plains. And last time we talked about – some key things that I wanted to see from this Auburn Tigers team in the spring practice cycle. And now we're going to talk about the day, the three players slash rooms that we are, that we think have the most to prove ahead of spring practice.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of room uh, for guys to, to make big impacts in different ways. And and they can serve not only their team, but themselves uh, beneficially throughout spring practice. Um, I am not overly excited to, uh, we're talking about football in February, but here we are. Uh, it's part of the game, and I know spring practice is around the corner, there's a couple of guys that are on my radar, Dylan, and uh, there's obviously going to be one overlap that we'll save for the very end. There's no need to act like that's a spoiler, but I don't have to tell you guys out loud for you all to know who that's going to be. I'm going to start with kindly uh, He's going to be a true so- sophomore this year uh, in, in that DB room that's been depleted. Uh, thankfully, t- depleted by the NFL draft uh, <laughs> in, in large. And it's, uh, it speaks to the amount of talent that's come through that room. And I know you're going to kind of chime in on the same note here in just a moment. But I I, I select to Lee here because uh, this is a guy with a lot of talent, a young man that we have been really, really high on since he flipped from Ohio State to Auburn just a year ago. It does not feel like it has been that long, Bill, to be transparent. But here we are, and he's staring down significant snaps. I mean, starting starter-level snaps in his true sophomore season. I think the kid's got all the talent in the world. He had some moments he looked like a freshman. Uh, but – shake those off, um, get back in the film room uh, in the offseason, but all specifically now uh, be able to put on pads and actually uh, get to work on the craft. Uh, this is going to be an opportunity for Kindly to set himself up for a starting, starting role uh, come come fall of 2024, or fall of this year, rather. And that room's going to need to gel quickly. It's going to be a completely different, not completely different, but largely different-looking uh, group that Auburn's kind of hung its hat on uh, the past long time. I don't even know. I've almost said a couple of years, but like for an extensive period of time, right? I mean uh, over the greater part of the last decade Auburn's been solid in the secondary and it's turning its attention now to K and Lee. Uh and and and, and obviously I'm leaving out a couple of young men who are gonna be right there beside him fighting for starting positions. But it's very, very important for him to step up and and show that he's put on the weight, um, that he's – not, not put on the weight, but sculpted his his physique to, to tailor to what an SEC DB needs to look like, um, that his skill set's been tailored to what an SEC DB needs to look like, and that he can take that experience from 2023 and put it into 2024 and, and prep to try to lock down some of the most talented receivers in the country. I mean, the, the SEC is is very, very lo- very much loaded at the skills position in general, but specifically at the wide opposition position. Let's, you don't have to look that far away from LSU just a year ago. Uh, and, and you're going to have a, a, that kind of talent throughout the season, especially when you're you're adding in an, a new opponent in Oklahoma. And uh, you've got a, some of your, I guess, perennial foes are not going anywhere. Georgia and Alabama are right there. And uh, we are certainly eager to see what he can do. So I, I think there's a lot of room for Kane Lee.
1: Yeah, and I uh, talk about the SEC being a uh, uh, being a tough match every week of the conference schedule. I did hear that they're planning on by twenty twenty six going to the nine con- nine conference games. Yeah,
0: I heard that earlier today too.
1: Does mean that if Georgia wasn't already named as a personal as a permanent rival, they will be. They
0: will be, and they um, should be. I mean, protect yeah, ex- protect that rivalry.
1: Yeah, uh, I know that Auburn is not have the best luck against Georgia, but I am not one to to bow out out of Georgia's way. No, don't shy
0: away from 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 uh, a rivalry that's that rich in tradition. I mean, it is literally the Deep South's oldest rivalry. That rich in tradition, you don't shy away from it.
1: And, and bring on LSU too. I don't want to get rid of that rivalry either.
0: <laughs> There's always, uh, in large, 90% of those games, 95% of those games are just goofy, and they're so <laughs> fun to watch. Um, So, yeah, I, I, will, I will miss LSU in the schedule this year, but yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, and I'll take your Kai and Lee, and I'll also talk about Keontae Scott as a guy I'm looking at. Not because I think that he's going to play bad or or digress at all throughout the season. I I actually think that Conte Scott's going to be one of the better parts of this team. It's more or less the fact that he is changing positions from that star to the outside corner. He'll be the starting corner for Auburn football in 2024 under this new defensive regime. Uh, Wesley McGriff is still there. Crime Dog is still there. Uh, but the entire the rest of the staff is completely altered. Uh, Aldridge has moved to defensive ends coach as well. So you're going to have uh, a new look for this de- defense, and Keontae Scott's going to be uh, an outlier – or not an outlier, but going to be outside. Uh, and it's a position we saw him play a little bit in against Maryland, and he didn't play terrible. He, he played pretty well in coverage, uh, and kind of just how, how that game went. That game just – nothing went in Auburn's favor, uh, and I hate that I'm talking about that. Horrendously bad, horrible game. That the only bright side of it was Auburn fans got to celebrate so a little bit of time in Nashville. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking at Kante Scott because I—it's I, a guy that we we know what Keontae can do. He—he's a guy who plays very well in the positions that he gets put put in. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he performs as the starting corner for the Auburn Tigers
0: yeah I, I agree completely and and a young man who really wants to avenge people's last uh, um i guess lasting memories of, of him in terms of uh just not being where he needs to be at the right time uh that's kind of as far as we need to be and uh, go into that but also uh, a guy that's familiar with the program um that, that stayed locked into this program and it can be a leader in that locker room as an intangible i'm going to take it from an individual individual perspective jump over to position group before we go back to an individual there's a little bit of a theme here um, that you and I have kind of, kind of on the fly come up with, and I, I kind of like the direction we're headed. I'm going to look at this wide receiver room uh, as as a as an entity, if you will, and, and specifically the newcomers, Dylan, because this is a reconstructed uh, wide receiver room from its very core. Uh, you go out and you grab Cam Coleman, you get Bryce Kane, Perry Thompson, Malcolm Simmons, and Robert Lewis, obviously the transfer from Georgia State, Dylan Gentry, and, and Dylan Gentry. I'm sorry, out, out of and center. Sam
1: Jackson the fifth. <laughs> okay,
0: thank you, Dylan. Um, I appreciate you <laughs> gas, yeah, not gaslighting, but just talking over me. I appreciate it. Very kind of you. Anyways, uh, I'm looking at this group because there is a lot riding on this receiving core to be successful. And I'm going to be honest, right, wrong, or indifferent. There's a lot riding on them to be an, an instant impact. Uh, whether or not that's fair, probably not. I'm just being honest. But the harsh reality of the world is all, all, Auburn fans want to see immediate improvement. And and this wide receiver core and they, all, the, excuse me, I almost said Bruce Pearl, who is fully the head basketball coach at Auburn, that Hugh Freeze and company have gone out and grabbed and, and kind of put all their eggs in that basket, it's imperative that they pan out and that there's an, a tangible difference that if you can pinpoint what's going on wrong in your passing game, it better be on your quarterback uh, because your receiving core got to be able to bring down footballs this year and, and make you non, not one-dimensional. Uh, that was a problem Auburn ran into a lot last year. And honestly, has been the common theme since the departure of Bo Nix. Sorry, cry about it, folks. It's true. And it's uh, it's just it's time for Auburn to be able to be more than one dimensional. And I mean, Cam Coleman specifically, that young man's got to live up to his hype. But once again, right, wrong, or indifferent, but he's got to be the product that was advertised um, because you need that guy and you need a go-to guy um, that you can you can trust. And obviously, that's going to fall on on your returners. Hollywood's got to have a big year. Um, and and and. You can go down that list, right, Dylan? And you're receiving you know your HBACs not are not ex, are not excluded in terms of uh dump off passes, but mostly this receiving core in terms of downfield plays, it's it's imperative. So uh, I'm looking at that room entirely. Like you guys got to take a big step and get adjusted to the college game and the SEC game if you're a newcomer to the conference at a very, very quick and borderline unfair level.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Auburn uh brought in, I'm trying to remember all the guys that got brought in last. Uh, last transfer cycle. I mean, it was uh, Shane Hooks and Jair Shorter were two guys that we were very high on going into last season, and neither one of those two made any kind of impact. I will say Jair Shorter did average 10 yards a catch. Uh, but That is because he had one catch for 10 yards. Right. Uh, but those guys are now gone. Uh, I think Shane Hooks trying to go to the league, uh, and I believe – Jair Shorter went to Western Kentucky or Memphis. One of one of those. Is two. Hollywood
0: still not decided? I I I digress. By the way, when I said Hollywood had a, had a big year, I was trying to he he's a,
1: he's gone. He he's I, I was out. trying
0: to draw a comparison to like last year, and I just completely messed my verbiage up there. I thought he was in the portal. I didn't know that he was going league.
1: He he's been playing in the Shrine Bowls. Uh, okay, so I mean, he is
0: he is league bound. I just yeah. missed that completely. Sorry guys, but I was trying to draw the comparison to like last year when you bring in a guy like Hollywood, and you're like, oh, this is going to be like the the shining example and it's important that he gets successful and then I succeededly or successfully put the cart before the horse so I digress on that
1: <laughs> I mean he was he is on like all the Shrine Bowls the only real I guess people going players going to the league game that gets any kind of recognition is the Senior Bowl
0: that's the so only one I recognize so
1: it's like if you're not in the Senior Bowl you're just not getting any kind of uh, uh media thrown your way at all. But uh, you i would take your presenter group, and I also have my own. I have the offensive line. Yeah, uh, this is a position that's bringing in uh, one transfer in Percy Lewis, who I think is going to be an automatic starter because it's all SEC caliber offensive of tackle that'll come in and move Dylan Wade to the guard position. You bring in DeAndre Carter and Favor Edwin, and you cannot forget the slew if I'm using that word correctly, of linemen that are already here. Uh, Jeremiah Wright is back. Connor Lou is probably the only offensive lineman I don't have question marks surrounding or uh, don't know how, sure. what he can give. Uh, but this offensive line was, a, was a, a position group that gave Auburn a lot of issues last season, uh, from the holding calls on big plays to the false starts to the giving up sacks to making sure that, the, that neither quarterback felt confident in the pocket. This is a position group that needs to build the confidence that they can perform against some of the top defenses in the country, being the SEC. You still have Georgia on your schedule. Georgia and Kirby Smart are never not going to have a top defensive unit in college football. Alabama, no matter who is coaching Alabama, they are still known for having a top defense in the country. You avoid LSU, but you got to bring the fact that Ole Miss is bringing in a ton of defensive talent as well from the transfer portal. This is not a down year for the sec this is going to be a tough year for the sec especially no divisions 12 teams in the playoffs every team's battling out for whatever spots are left you need to have an offensive line that can handle the pressure and keep your quarterbacks in their right mind and that's not something we had last year but Going to this year, I feel a little more confident by the offensive line because I, I go up the same memo of golf every single year. I talk about Auburn's offensive line. It's kind of hard for it to be worse. And the upper trajectory, this unit this unit has been going on, the level of talent that is coming in. It's, again, hard for me to think it could be worse. Uh, Gunnar Britton is gone. He is going to the league. I think uh, he also played one of the Shrine Bulls. Uh, he was a talented player who didn't work out. Uh, that happens in transfer portal, but in the transfer portal. But now you're bringing a guy with SEC caliber experience. So looking at this position group as a whole, I definitely think that if you freeze and this staff and this this team wants to win eight plus games in 2024, it starts right there in the trenches on the offensive side of the ball.
0: Games are won and lost in the trenches, right? Dylan, you bring up a great point, point. and I don't really think I need to expand too much, other than agreeing with you that uh, the bar's low. The bar's really low. Um, But if your whole mantra is that you're going to bring Auburn back, you got to raise that bar. So it starts up front. And I I think that most of our our concerns lie on the offensive side of the ball. and That's evidenced by what we were speaking about beforehand. And to kind of put a nice little bow on that, folks, I mean, I'm sorry. I really am sorry about this. But whether or not you like it, the quarterback conversation is here. And it's not going anywhere. Whether or not you're sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of talking about it. I, I am. Um, because we're beating a dead horse uh, over something, uh, a conversation with an incumbent quarterback that's presumptively your starter coming into 24 or 25. But a lot of people having question marks makes this a conversation, myself included, having question marks. And Dylan, we were speaking right before we went on air, and I told you, I don't know how Thorne doesn't fold under pressure as the incumbent uh, in, in, this, in this quarterback battle. Because I don't think he's the most talented of the group. I don't know that he's the second most talented of the group. Uh, I'm not going to go too deep on this one. There's really just not a whole lot of point, but I, I think we can go ahead and unanimously agree that Peyton Thorne's got everything to lose. He actually really doesn't have that much to gain in spring in spring practice, if I'm being completely transparent. Yes, you can get better. You can you can improve your game, and that never hurts. But you've got the starting job to lose. Uh, that That is the biggest and scary. As I said, the starting quarterback, that is the scariest thing that can happen in your entire life is that you have the opportunity to lose your job because you're not quite good enough to solidify that no one's taking it from you. Uh, No matter what Hugh Freeze is going to try to preach at you, and I'm not calling Hugh Freeze a bullshitter, but uh, let's be honest, there's some coach speak here. No matter what Hugh Freeze tells us about, you know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's Peyton, maybe it's not Peyton, whatever, that job is open. The door is always open. Uh, Just like any position group, you can lose your starting job, but the quarterback, when you've got this much pressure to be successful, and once again, right, wrong, or indifferent, the expectations are lofty in year two. If you got that much pressure to be successful, you got to make sure you have the right guy there in the most position, important position on the field. Uh, that's where I'm going to leave it, Dylan. Uh, Peyton Thorne's got everything to, to to lose and not really that much to gain.
1: Yeah, because you're going in the spring, uh, and again, he's he's our unanimous it, number one. You're going to the spring with I'm going to put quotes around it a four horse race. Uh, I really think it's probably just a three. Uh, you have Hank Brown, you have Walker White, you have Holden Gurner, and you of course you have Peyton Thorne all battling out for that starting job. Well, here's the issue with those four battling it out: there's only one starting quarterback. Yeah, and Peyton Thorn did not have the best ending of this of the, a season. Uh, the Music City Bowl was just an abysmal look for all of the quarterbacks outside of Hank Brown. Uh, but honestly, going into this spring, you have. Every opportunity to keep your job, every opportunity is on the table. You're going to get those first team reps. You're going to be the guy going into that first spring practice. Not going to be Holden. Holden will be the number two guy. And then Walker and Hank are going to be splitting with the three with the third team. It is completely up to Peyton Thorne on whether or not that job will remain his in week two of the spring. This is not a spring battle. This is a week by week, day by day, practice by practice battle for Peyton Thorne. And he has all he has to gain from this is keeping his job. But yeah. let's say let's say Walker White, who's been getting a lot of praise from from media and coaches alike. Walker White could come in this room right away and start as a true freshman. Is it likely to happen? Probably not. Holden Gurner has got nothing but praise from the coaching staff all of last season he could easily just step right over. He he's not that far behind Thorne in my opinion. And then Hank Brown just might emerge as just as people call him the baby goat out of nowhere and just steal the job from everybody. Peyton Thorne has and this kind of is kind of poetic that we talk about the rooms that are surrounding him. Uh, it's up to it's up to him to make sure that, the, that those rooms actually step up where they need to as well cuz Peyton Thorne was known to hold on to the ball for too long, take sacks. He was known to take errant, make Eric errant passes, throw interceptions. If Peyton Thorne's not careful, he'll lose his job, and also if he's not careful, he'll cost his team.
0: Yeah, uh, you're absolutely correct. And my last little closing statement on this is, to your point, Dylan, uh, there are four guys in this race. Uh, and, folks, people can tell you all they want that this is not a quarterback battle. It is. It, 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 I, I, under, I understand and I completely get it. The concept of making sure that that is a the quietest narrative you possibly can make it, because it is a giant distraction. It, it look look at no further than last year, all it was was a damn distraction all spring, not knowing who's who's going to play quarterback for Auburn in 2023-24. Obviously, wound up being Thorne with a Mix Vashford in, but all it was was a giant distraction, and and I understand that. But also, we need to understand that, that that job's not a given. I really don't care what Q Free says right now. I don't buy it until the fall comes around and we see it until Tommy's to, to leather. I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just saying there's coach speak. They're synonymous sometimes, but like there's such thing as coach speak. This thing is wide open. Maybe not wide open, but that door's three, quarter, three quarters open. It's not just cracked. And and someone's got to step up, and leadership's going to have a lot to do with that. Uh, if you've got guys on a level playing field, it's going to fall down to, your, to who's going to be the biggest leader on this team. So. Like you said, Dylan, uh, he's got everything to lose, and uh, I I hate being this way because you don't want to be in this in this spot. Everything to lose and damn near nothing to gain. Um, so it's it's uh it's it's a delicate world for Peyton Thorn, and we will continue to give you guys updates as we're hearing things from inside once things get the ball rolling uh, metaphorically for Auburn football in spring practice. For that, that will wrap up our football discussion about who has the most to prove coming into the twenty-four. Spring practice season as we creep slowly toward, believe it or not, these words coming out of my mouth toward a day, as we creep in that direction, which does not feel like it should be this close, but it, but it kind of is. Where it's now getting on our radar.
1: April six.
0: April six. I mean, like that feels like forever away, but like in in our world, it does not. Um, so that's creeping up quickly. We're gonna put, wrap that up and we're gonna change this over here to Auburn basketball. But before we do so, I want to remind everybody if you're watching on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit like, subscribe, and ring the bell. Drop your feedback. Give us your top three guys that could. Can- gain the most or need to perform the most in Auburn spring practices and give us your feedback on anything we're about to talk about, whether that be Auburn basketball, softball, women's basketball, baseball, the whole works, the nine yards. If you guys have not already subbed to the channel, please do. It's the number one way you guys can support us. It's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you a dime. If you're not listening on the YouTube stream, totally cool. Thank you guys for hanging out with us on your streaming platform of choice. Just make sure you give us five stars and a thumbs up, whatever the highest rating is on that streaming platform. Share the show with a friend so we can continue to grow. Looper Nation, you guys are the best in the world. We appreciate you. If you want to support the show in ways beyond just subscribing, if you feel like Really, really supporting some creators here. We really appreciate that. Head over to TheWorldReport.com. Pick up your very own College Loop War Report Podcast Network. Co-branded Feel Lippy t-shirt. Comes in five different colorways. Most comfortable shirt you will ever own in your entire life. Dylan's got it up on the screen right now if you're watching the YouTube stream. And you can grab that link in the description In any of our shows. You don't have to type it in the search bar. We'll just bring you right to it. Once you pick up your shirt, make sure you use hashtag Feel and Lipi. That's that feeling without the G. And post it on social media whatever platform makes you the happiest just tag us and it use hashtag feel lippy feeling without the g and we'll throw it up on the next stream show whatever that makes may be whatever that timeline looks like thank you guys for your continual love and support so much love to you guys real talk y'all are the best um shout out dylan for rocking the show solo on tuesday by the way i am in the middle of hell week at work so dylan i want to you know that i love you and i appreciate you for that and for all you guys for your continual love and support um and giving us the encouragement and sometimes the hate uh to continue to go um <laughs> Our haters, our motivators. Anyways, so let's roll into Auburn men's basketball, and I mean, I just don't have another word for it. Auburn whooped South Carolina's ass. Uh, they they've defended their home court and and the best home court advantage in college basketball to this to this point. Uh, actually, I saw a fun little tidbit. I think the second <laughs> second best home court advantage uh, in men's basketball this year is Moorhead State, uh, which is super fun. Like that's just known Auburn pipeline school. Uh, <laughs> known SEC pipeline school and a fundman major, but Auburn did everything on paper. Correct. Now I'm, I'm an asshole. So I'm going to nitpick here in a minute. <laughs> Auburn did everything that you could ask for uh, out of, out of a club uh, in, in a conference game against a top 25 opponent. Mind you, just Carolina came into this game ranked 11, they will sink like a rock because they were a ticking time bomb waiting to get exposed. I don't think they're a bad club whatsoever. I think they're absolutely a tournament team. They remind me a lot of that, uh, 2018, 2019 Auburn team that did make the Final Four run, but I mean, just like kind of scrappy, don't make a ton of sense. Won a lot more games than they were supposed to. You, you, get the picture. When I'm coming, coming, getting pulling together here, Dylan, kind of remind me of that Auburn shot. I, I love saying this out loud. I, I this is just so just it, it, damn near euphoric for me. 61% from the field, uh, 60, 60% from three. 12 of 20, 12 of 24. of Those came from Jani Brown. By the way, just throwing that out there and then shot 89.5 from the free throw line. I mean, you really can't ask for a whole lot more than that, other than one of your starters not scoring a single bucket, but welcome to the Chris Moore Show. He didn't. <laughs> um, not, I'm not nitpicking. It's just kind of the way that it is. Auburn did everything right in large, Dylan. I'm going to let you give your feedback. I've got my bullet point list. It's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster ride. I promise it ends on a high note because this is actually a giant, enormous Q1 win. And actually, Auburn fans, just so you know, you are you can root for Carolina, lose one more game just to make things a little bit safer in the conference, but you need them to win a lot coming down the stretch because you need this one to stay a Q1 in the worst way possible because this is a Q1 that you can look on your resume and say this is why they should be a top four, top eight, se- top, top eight, top 12 seed. Like that is – this is a resume builder. Dylan, I'm going to let you give your feedback, and then I'm going to roll.
1: Yeah, and that – 60% from the three-point line is just such a gorgeous thing to look at. Uh, I, I might frame like the boxer, box score. Yeah. yeah, I might just frame that somewhere. Janai Broom shooting four for five. Jalen Williams shooting five for seven. I mean, those two are your money makers. Whatever those two are playing on point, this is why people agree that Auburn is one of the top teams in the country that people should be afraid to play, especially Neville Arena. But sadly, you cannot fold up Neville Arena and bring it wherever you're going that following week. This, uh, and I'll get a little negative, it is an issue to look at Auburn week by week and seeing the games that they play away, it, you don't get this level of play. You sure. get a very, very, very down, uh, watered down version of this Auburn basketball team. You don't get Jalen Williams and Jedi Broom lighting up the box scores. You don't get uh, Chad Baker-Mazzara stepping up in a huge way like, like you do. You don't get... Smart shots from Katie Johnson. It, it's a weird thing to watch happen because we watch it happen every single time this team plays. It's they walk into Neville Arena and they they blow someone out of the water, and then they go into the airplane hangar. They go into Mississippi State. They go into North Dakota against Gainesville. Baylor, right? Gainesville. I, I, I like. I think about that game the same way as Mississippi people I don't like talking about that game. Uh, and App State, you watch the, that team and you're like. Who are these guys? Is this the same team? This is not the same team. This is not who I watched play last night. This or two nights ago. This is not who I watched play. And I'm still waiting for some guys to step up, but if this team can I I tweeted about this, and just the only thing I can think of. Encapsulate how they feel playing every single home game and keep that motivation throughout the rest of the season. There's no team in the SC that can beat this team.
0: There's no team in the country that could beat this team.
1: Exactly. This is a national championship caliber team when they when they are playing like they do in Neville Arena. So bottle yeah. it up, get some Michael secret stuff, <laughs> and go into away games like this. But yeah, this is just a huge win. Uh, Forty points is about as huge of a win as you could possibly ask for. Uh, but very impressive win. But it's so downplayed by the fact that. And I see your, is that your notes right there? I got a few takeaways. <laughs> and it's just so hard for me to look at this game and be so happy and so excited about the future of what this team is going to have to go through the next couple of weeks without the fact that that Florida game, sure. despite the fact that Florida was playing lights out and teams are just bad on the road this year for whatever reason. But that game was just that bad.
0: Almost like it's hard to play on the road in college basketball.
1: Yeah, especially with Knoxville coming up very soon.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you actually kind of took some words out of my mouth here in a little bit and at the end of my spiel. I'm gonna be quick. Um, first and foremost, Auburn started out slow. knock it off. I I don't I don't even know how to to begin there. Um yes, you wound up blowing South Carolina out of the water, but you looked pretty atrocious in the first two, three. Um, and look, that 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 can slide at home. You go on the road and you're gonna get burned a lot. Just look at UF. You don't have to look much further. Um, Jedi Broom was bad at the beginning of this game, guys. Like he, he was really bad. Um, and, and yes, he turned it on. Uh, he absolutely hit his stride, um, about halfway through the the first half and, and went for 21. Great. If he's not horrid, the first three minutes, he drives 30. I'm not joking. Um, this is a guy that I'm I'm nitpicking here. Jani Broom's a first round draft pick. He is an NBA player. I don't want anybody to lose sight of that, but you got to play 40, not 40 minutes. You got to play your entire time on the floor. Uh, I'll, I'll use a metaphorical 40 minutes, right? Your medical metaphorical 40 minutes. Uh, of ball. And, and he's the kind of guy that you need to be on anytime he's on the court, because if not, you're losing your biggest weapon, your best player, um, but did hit a stride that came together. I had a note. Welcome back. Jalen Williams. This is what you can look like when you're actually locked into a game and not taking errant shots. Those are verbatim. What I wrote, wrote man, a man was a mess uh, to look at in the first half. Um, South Carolina just ran some pretty basic switches and some off ball switches. And you had the most wacky matchups you've ever seen. Uh, I I didn't exactly understand it, uh, but but Auburn was able to recover. And also, when Carolina started throwing zone at this Auburn team, <laughs> good luck. Anyways, <laughs> one three one not gonna work when when you got a team that's got two dudes that, and Jalen Williams and Janai Brougham, that can just go around you or shoot over you, and they really don't care. Um, but the man to man was tough, um, and the in game adjustments were good about that, especially after halftime. And the man to man really didn't matter. Um, objectively bad paying the play in the paint from Dylan Cardwell, like on the defensive end of the ball uh, of the, of the floor, for whatever reason, Dylan was horrid at letting guys get behind him. Uh, and I'm, I'm folks, I know I'm nit- nitpicking here, but I'm, uh, this is the things you break down when you're talking about a team that you think you can win in a national championship with. This is just a point that I need to identify. Dylan Cardwell has regressed under the rim and, and he's actually kind of, what's the word regressing to the mean on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, he's regressed to the mean, which his mean is good on the offensive end of the floor. When he's getting good lobs, making good plays on the high ball screen, on the pick and roll on, on the addition drive, whatever you, whatever that may be. But you got to get better under the rim. When Jani Broom comes in, it's a different ball game. People respect him on a different level. And if you don't respect him, he's going to hack you and then make you respect him, which is honestly Dylan Cardwell takes some notes. Like that is how you get the job done. Um, also Cardwell got hit with a really shitty flagrant, but that's, I digress. Um, uh, I said objectively bad play, play the paint, but Dylan Carball did, like I said, return back to the mean, and he, he was fine. Something I don't think we talked about enough this year, um, the fast hands on defense were nuts tonight. Uh, the, this this team, not just getting back, but forcing the ball, not always into turnovers, but popping the ball loose and, and making South Carolina get re- re- return to their set and just eating time off the shot clock and then forcing them into turnovers. I mean, I think they, t- they forced Carolina into 11 turnovers tonight. Yeah, they did, right? ten turnovers? 13. Thirteen. 13. Sorry. 13 turnovers tonight. it's just fast hands on defense. It's keeping your guy in front of you, keeping your that metaphorical belt buckle pointed toward them. And then, I think that Auburn did a great job. That's something you want to see more of. Uh, Katie Johnson's great at it, but it was contagious tonight. Janai Broom got active. Jalen uh, Williams got active. Hell, Chaney Johnson got active. Um, and CBM's always active, so I'm going to go there. But <laughs> um, the fast hands were great. Shot selection, guys. It got so much better as the game got on, went on. And it's not just because Auburn was playing with a comfortable lead. Like, the shot selection was truly better. And I actually wrote this. This is my exact note. Shot selection got so much better as the game went on, but you've got to be smart for 40 40 plus minutes. That's great. My next note was three-pointers go burr. Um, That is exactly what I wrote. Um, This group just died. The basket must have been 15 feet wide in their vision. One eye for Jalen Williams, by the way, who lost the contact. um, which was I was like, oh my God, is Jalen hurt? And then he gets up and he's like looking for a contact. I was like, never mind. I can live with that. Points off turnovers. Points off turnovers. This is awesome. I like when this happens. At one point, there was 19 points on like nine turnovers. I was like, this is how you're supposed to convert. This is how you're not (laughs) supposed to make dumb alley-oop cross-court stupid passes. Just go get your set. Run your offense. If Auburn can keep doing that, hell, they did that against Florida. That game was a hell of a lot closer. Just throwing that out there. Um, My only other – my two other notes. One, that might be the most flagrant fouls in the game, maybe in the history of ever. It's totally not, but it felt like it was. Was Um, it it just two? There were four. there's four there were four flagrants there was one on dylan um and then there was the back and forth exchange that each got issued to uh, attack
1: oh okay a, that's
0: a flagrant big... technical um and then there was another one earlier in the game i think it was I, I
1: just remember the one on dylan and all right and i thought only one got thrown ever uh, maybe maybe, maybe, maybe they guy.
0: decided to make it a common foul but it felt like every time you turned around there was like a Play being reviewed for uh, a technical, um so that was super cool. My last closing note: is You can't play every game at home. Um, yeah, I wish wish you could uh take this one and 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 figure out what you did right, X's and O's wise, Dylan. I know you mentioned the whole bottle up your energy at Neville Arena thing, and I get that. And if you can figure that out, please give me your secret remedy. I will give it to the team, <laughs> um and I will make sure it, it gets to the right people. But you can't play everyone at home. But you learned a lot today. Um, you're capable of beating the absolute breaks off of teams like that are really good teams. I don't think South Carolina is a really good team, but I digress. Uh, you, you're capable of just absolutely just thumping teams like this. Why are you straying from what your your brand of basketball is? Because today Auburn played Auburn basketball. And you see what happens? You do that, you hang 101. You let your walk ons play for two and a half minutes. That is what Auburn basketball looks like this year. And that's what they're capable of. Anyways, that being said, going to run through a quick preview, Dylan, and we'll give our score predictions for Kentucky. I'm not going to take too long. I'm really honestly just going to highlight one player. Um, maybe two. Rob Dillingham deserves some flowers, too. Uh, but Antonio Reeves is the name of the game on Saturday night. College game day. Kentucky traveling to Neville Arena. And we've got a star-studded showdown. Um, it's star-studded whether or not you want to call Auburn a team of NBA guys. I don't necessarily know they are, but a really, really, really exciting clash of, of two teams that, that can go relatively deep. Auburn deeper than Kentucky, but it runs through Antonio Reeves. This young man, 19-4, um, a game averaging he plays 31 and a half minutes. I mean, dude can play the entire game if you want him to, shooting 88% from three uh, from from free free throw, excuse me, 43-7 from the three-point range, and knocking down almost 50% of his field goals. And Tony Reeves is a problem, and when we've known this, he's he's in that conversation with the Mark Sears of the world about who are who's going to be your SEC player of the year, which by the way, Janight Rim should be in that conversation. I digress. He but yeah, he, he should be the conversation. But I that's that is my orange and blue glasses. Um, I think that if you look for an MVP, he is the most valuable player on his team. Like there, show me someone better. Um, like truthfully, uh, but this is going to be a, a really what it's going to come down to. Dylan is Auburn making sure that they're playing to their game. Kentucky's really not been as flashy as we thought they would be this year. Um, they've come out flat a lot. They've come out flat at home a lot, which so is Auburn. But I dig- <laughs> I digress. They've not been particularly amazing on the road, um, and and they probably should have beaten Tennessee a week and a half ago and just didn't have late-game composure. Auburn's got the opportunity here to do something really special and make things really, really interesting in the SEC. Can the Tigers get it done on uh, on Saturday, Dylan?
1: I think they can. Uh, I think with this being, again, it's in Neville Arena, it it's the home-field advantage. And college basketball, (laughs) you don't get I don't think there's very many other teams that have this level of play at home and then go elsewhere and just completely look like a. I think there's more than you
0: think there is.
1: There probably there definitely is. But I'm also very solely much, much exactly. I'm very solely in the Auburn sphere of things.
0: I have a friend that's a really diehard Creighton fan, and he wants to blow his brains out every time they have to play on the red. And, and Creighton's a really good team this year.
1: <laughs> I, had Cre- I, did, I had Creighton in my Final Four last year, so I can't. I don't know that they're that good this year. <laughs> they're not that good this year. I've, I'm very well of that, very well known of that. But, I, I mean, I look at this. This looks. This feels like the second coming of Alabama back in the Neville Arena because Antonio Reeves, that we talk about, Mark Sears a lot. It's the same game plan. You're, you're playing against a veteran guard who can shoot the lights out from the three-point well, I- line.
0: Yeah. If you put a base level like that, it's the same scheme level. You're playing against a talented guard. Mark Sears, not a veteran.
1: Is he not, has he not been there for like a few years?
0: I think Sears, hold on.
1: And, and basketball rules, you're a veteran as soon as you're there after more than one year. So. Mark Sears
0: is a senior. Okay, I swear I didn't think Sears has been there that long.
1: Yeah, he's been there for a hot minute. Okay, man. never
0: mind. Your, your parallel draws completely correct and I will shut up. <laughs> Saturday's game is presented by Cooks Pest Control. By the way, just do with that as you will. <laughs>
1: awesome. uh, this game's also at five o'clock uh, p.m., so you're going to get hopefully some well-rested uh, Pearlville uh, attendees,
0: or ultra sleep-deprived,
1: or ultra sleep-deprived, which is oh, they're going to smell the exact same, but yeah. <laughs> one of them is going to be a little more rowdy and a little little less likely for Kentucky to leave the arena alive if they win, <laughs> at least from. Our point of view of what we what we know of Pearlville, Uh it's definitely changed. It's more civilized than it was back yeah, in the our day. What the hell is that about? <laughs> they they, they but they got skyscrapers and, yeah. and transport transportation and food to we delivery. We were having services. these fax <laughs>
0: machines when we were there. Like.
1: We had to call Tars girlfriend Abby <laughs> <laughs> to get, to go get some cookout so he could eat.
0: <laughs> right, right. Wake
1: up at five in the morning, sleep deprived. Also, shout out scrappled. Abby.
0: Five years we've been dating for five years as of last Friday. I've been on the show since then. Shout out Abby
1: one and a half years for me and Lauren.
0: That's big time. Anyways, continue. Yeah.
1: But yeah, uh, so this is a game I definitely Auburn can win. Uh this is not not a game that I can confidently say Auburn is going to put up, uh 100 points or win mm. by 40 in. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but mm. I'm I'm looking at a nice uh I'll give the same deficit I did uh for this game. I'm going to say Auburn probably I'm going to say
0: 75-70. I like Auburn to get in the 80s. Uh I like I like 83-74. Um I really do. I think Auburn pulls away late. Uh, I think it's going to be a really fun one. I I think it's going to be back and forth. Uh, Bite your nails. Make sure you've got like a whole fresh pack of gum that you're going to be chewing nervously. Um, Especially Jack Hart. I'm I'm looking at you, dude. I know you got to get a new pack of flavorless gum for that because (laughs) that guy, that guy can eat some gum, man. He'll get stressed out and it's just nuts. But yeah, I I think it'll be a fun one. I think Auburn wins this one. I really do because, well, if you don't, you're shit out of luck in terms of winning the SEC regular season. It's just be honest Um, because, you win on Saturday, and you get an awesome reward. You get to go play a feisty team in, uh, in UGA in Athens, which should scare the ever-loving crap out of everyone here, by the way. Um, and then, if you win that one, your big prize is congrats. You get to go to Knoxville and probably get your ass handed to you. Um, and I'm not saying that Auburn's not capable of beating Tennessee. I just don't think they're capable of beating Tennessee on the road. But Auburn beating Tennessee on the road after losing to like Florida and Mississippi State on the road would just make sense because Auburn um, – then again, you know that, that's a long ways in, and in, in, in the future, being three games. But I am already looking, Dylan, at the point of I've been counting games a lot since like game two of the SEC season. <laughs> um, this one's it's top heavy now. Um, South Carolina is going to lose again. Auburn's probably going to lose again. Uh, it's can you survive two losses? And uh, Alabama's the end of their season is not particularly favorable. They've got a handful that. Someone's going to slip up and beat Alabama again.
1: Yeah, they have Texas A and M. They have Florida, Kentucky yep. at or at Kentucky at Ole Miss, right? Tennessee at Florida, right? And then Arkansas,
0: right? They, they don't have a fun end of the season whatsoever. And and, and Auburn's gets easier um, if they can get through Tennessee. You've got Mississippi State at home, uh, Missouri on the road, and then Georgia at home. And, and I like you to win all of those. Actually, looking down the stretch, I've only got one game that I think uh, that Auburn loses. Uh, and I think that is Tennessee on the road, but you've got to be able to survive the rest of them. Tennessee's already got that third loss. You, you like to think Alabama's going to get it, uh, get that third loss. South Carolina's already got their third loss. Um, so now you're just sitting here waiting on and playing the tiebreaker game. That game in that and Knoxville might wind up being a regular season championship three week, three games before the season ends. That is all it's completely on the table. Like that, that one could wind up deciding it. So you got to make sure you capitalize here. You beat Kentucky your resume looks really good going into March. Um, I never feel good about the SEC tournament. I just, I don't think I ever will again. Um, So you've got to, yeah, Auburn's got to show me something other than just whatever the hell we watched the past three years. Um, And it
1: was a a fun trip to Tampa, regardless.
0: (laughs) Beach, beach, beach. 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 Never before seen picture of us on a beach. Anyways. um, (laughs) Yeah, that was great. Matter of fact, in honor of if Auburn wins, one game in the SCC tournament, I will put the Snapchat story on this stream of Dylan taking a photo of the beach, and I'm taking a photo of Dylan taking a photo of the beach. It's a beachception picture. It's amazing. Also, uh, the
1: picture of us trying to get a flip flop tan on Colin's back while he was taking us. Oh, that's out.
0: a really good one. That's a great <laughs> one. We should bring that up. Uh, all this to say, um, both of us picking Auburn to beat Kentucky on Saturday. I don't. Like I'm not not I'm not not stressed about the game, um, but like I'm not as worked up about this one yet, at least, as I was about Alabama part two. I was more worked up about Alabama part two because you're avoiding the sweep than I was part one, but I was worked worked up then too. Um, I am infinitely more concerned about that Tennessee team, Uh, infinitely. Um, So we'll we'll have to see where that's at. And if Auburn beats Kentucky, I'm going to feel a hell of a lot better and probably care a little bit less. Uh, if Auburn – when Auburn loses in Knoxville, sorry, guys, I'm being a pessimist. I just don't – I, I got to see it happen. Um, I don't believe it.
1: I, I'm mentally preparing myself for another like 42-40 – final score Auburn-Tennessee game oh, in Knoxville.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, so I I'm was also, there. Like,
1: what the hell? <laughs> I'm also preparing myself for uh, Antonio Reeves walks in the Neville Arena and he stubs his toe on the goalpost and can't play the game. And then Kentucky fans are this game doesn't count because Reeves didn't play.
0: Yeah, well, that'll that's just the Kentucky way. Speaking Those of Kentucky, Auburn <laughs> women's basketball, um, absolutely uh, just put on a clinic in Como. And I know you covered that already, but – they get to play a Kentucky team that could not be headed in a, compl- in a more different direction than their men's team. It is weird for me and hard for me to wrap my brain around the concept of a Kentucky team not being good at basketball. Then again, Louisville's been doing it pretty well for the past couple of years, but um, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around this. UK women's basketball is just not good. They're twelfth in the SEC. Uh, your leading scorer is dropping fourteen six. You're yeah, and, and Aja Petty, and then Maddie Sher is going to be has thirteen four, and then the rest is just a. And uh, the worst part for them, I think, is that they rotate out nine players. I, 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 that's the scariest part for them. Um, uh, to, to be completely candid, I, I imagine it's a lot of new places and new faces, considering I know Robin Benson, former Auburn legend, by the way, um, departed uh, this past offseason. And, and you've got a, a significantly different-looking team. But the way Auburn's been playing right now, like this is the most awesome middle-of-the-pack experience I've ever lived as an <laughs> Auburn fan, and I'm okay with that. Um, this rebuild is is actually working. You've got momentum. Let your let your guards cook. Let your big men do what they do down low, and, and stick to your game plan. Auburn would have to shoot the ball abysmally and not play their brand of basketball at all. And yes, Bruce, if you're listening, I I, I do mean this on men's and I talk I harp on the women's team just like I do your team, but I don't see a world where Auburn doesn't. Take care of business. Like sure, you can lose any game in the SEC. Like it's it's you can lose any game you play. That's why we play it. I don't I don't know why Auburn would not win this game, uh, barring you know just coming out flat, which we've seen them do, and and that's part of the uh, roller coaster of, of a rebuild, right? But you're beating you're starting to win the games you're supposed to win on a routine basis, and and this is one of those, and and we're getting into that category where it's like you're almost expecting this now, which is. Unbelievable given what they say the program when uh coach Jay took up so I really like Auburn to take down Kentucky and Kentucky didn't like shoot the ball well like 40% from the from the field which is fine but like they shoot 29% from three and they're like 63.5% from the free throw line hell just foul them <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking like if they're going to the rack and and anybody's on the roll like their highest they, they have one they have like two players that are bringing up your average and only one of them plays significant minutes and that's Maddie Sure. she's shooting 79 8 and after that, your highest score in Asia Petty is is fifty three four from the free throw line. Like it literally does not matter. Foul them. It, as, as petty as that sounds, like just foul them. Who cares? Make them make them earn it. Rotate out. Believe, believe in the fact that you've got ten, eight nine, eight or nine that can outlast anybody else. Right. Thoughts.
1: I mean, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, this is a this is a Coach J team that has been built by the defense and has been helped by the offense. Uh, I've heard several analysts talk about how Coach J has coached up this team, and Auburn uh, might be the best defensive team in the SEC. It's just they just have some nights where the ball just does not go in the hoop like they want it to. That's basketball. And, yeah, it's we play the sport to to win the games and whatnot all the other coach speak items uh but this this is a huge game going forward because after this you have at alabama you have at lsu you have the isha Bali re- return to neville arena and then you have Mississippi state in florida this auburn team has the opportunity to get hot uh right in time for the sc tournament and win some games in the SEC tournament and uh, officially get put in the march madness uh and, and it's a bit tournament because this is not – I, I honestly believe that if this Auburn team gets put in the NIT, they're winning it all.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I strongly, I strongly believe uh, that. No, I, I think – yeah, I think you're cooking there. I think you're right.
1: And it is worth mentioning, for everybody watching this, if you're deciding on going to the game, the game's at six tonight as the show is coming out. Coach J – I'm reading I'm reading the official tw- uh, tweet from Mike G. Uh, Coach J addressed the crowd last night in Neville Arena – 3,500 fans tomorrow night will push on awesome to a new record. season attendance record, and for every student in attendance, Coach Jay will donate three dollars to the k val
0: Cancer Fund. Pack that sob out. Sell it out. When No, it's literally a win-win. Why did you not go?
1: And believe me, I, I, we've seen it's been proven. If there are six thousand or more fans
0: auburn's undefeated
1: auburn's undefeated so i uh, pack out the house every night you know e- even if it just takes you know you park in a carbo cut out cut out there like in COVID times like just fill the stands up because this team definitely deserves it uh because of all the teams in the rebuild right now this has been the most positive incline that we've seen out of a rebuild
0: it's the fastest uh, exactly uh, it's remarkable like there are i i'm ready for auburn to make the tournament this year and the next year on a little run of the tournament. And I'm going to give my presentation on the parallels between the Bruce Pearl rebuild and the Johnny Harris rebuild guys. I'm not overreacting. I think Auburn's going to be right there. And with the LSUs in the South Carolinas of the sec. And I think it's going to be sooner than we think. Um, Coach Jay had the remedy and had the recipe and, and she's only getting better. You get, I, I cannot wait for year four. Like this year's so much fun and I'm very, very excited for them. And I want to see HSG have a phenomenal ending to her senior year. go, Go do something goofy, like win the SEC tournament. Like that'd be sick. Like, 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 win games you're not supposed to win. Just go have a great time doing it, and and continue to rebuild the program. It's all going to help next year. I really think this team's gonna be so fun, so damn fun. Um, so I I digress. We'll we'll, we'll continue on with our rundown, but once again, um, Dylan and I are predicting a clean sweep um, of of the University of Kentucky Wildcats this weekend between Auburn men's and women's basketball. Let's rotate over. We're talking Diamond Talk now, Dylan. It's awesome. It's time for Auburn baseball as uh, the Tigers will play host to Eastern Tennessee? Eastern, Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, Eastern, Eastern Tennessee's Kentucky. ETSU. Sorry, that's my SoCon baseball commentating coming out. <laughs> Eastern Kentucky uh, this weekend. And we've got a starter rotation. And, and it's going to be Chase Allison on, on Friday, Joseph Gonzalez on Saturday, and then Carson Myers, the transfer. Uh, out of Bowling Green?
1: Yeah. UAB, he's from yeah.
0: Bowling Green. I'm sorry, I'll get that mixed up for the rest of forever. The Carson Myers, the UAB transfer on Sunday. Dylan, my instant reactions, I love this. Where are you at? I, I, I've got a breakdown, but I'll let you go ahead and cook.
1: I think you get the you get the perfect trifecta that you want to see. You get Chase Alsip, who had uh, a very uh, good season last year. Uh, you see the return of Joe Go on an important Saturday game. Uh, and of course, you guys see what the transfer is going to do. Uh, and Carson Myers, uh, your guy that you said is going to be the best newcomer for this team. So I know you're going to be very excited if he, if he pans out very well. Cause I, I'm sure, well, the rest of the fans will be as well if he pans out very nicely. Uh, but you're, you're getting the a whole bag uh, of pitching you want to see. Cause of course, they're going to throw in some John Armstrong and we, we love the sidearm.
0: That's right. Uh,
1: Cause it's hard not to. And of course, the Drew Nelsons of the world and the, and, I'm forgetting uh, Greg uh, Craig Olson's son. I, I'm forgetting his first Ryan. name is Ryan. Uh, you're you're going to get all those guys. But this starting lineup, I think, is the exact one you want to see going into this first
0: weekend series. I, I love this rotation for kind of a lot of reasons. Um, Chase also had a really, really bad season of starting last year. He had a, he had a, a good season out of the bullpen. Um, it's He had eight starts last year after not starting a single game in 2022 and being a bullpen arm, which is fine. Uh, he pitched to a five-four-seven last year because he kind of got lit up as a starter. And that's okay. Uh, it, it's fine. I, I, I'm I'm glad that he's had the offseason to work on conditioning, more so so he can put in more innings and, and actually get starting rotational minutes, or not in minutes, but innings. And and he pitched to a five-four-seven last year. He's got a career year a of four, six, nine. He had a three-three eight out of the bullpen as 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 a freshman. I'm okay with this. Like I'm really, really excited to see his development year to year in terms of where he can be in terms of starting. Like we knew that this was going to be the goal for chase also by the time he got out of Auburn uh, and by the time he leaves, which should not be after this year, maybe hopefully he lights out. is that good. But uh, his, 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 his long-term goal is to be a a starting guy in the bigs and, and for him to take that next step, it's got to start with being a routine starter guy, starting guy right now. Well, now you've been given the opportunity to be Friday night. Friday night's huge. We kind of all figured that'd be Jogo. Um, And, and who's to say we're going to tinker with this rotation throughout the year. You're going to see different mixing and matching, but, I really like where you're at right now. Um, you got also give, getting the opportunity to, to bounce back. And then you've got Jogo. I mean, there's only one guy in this rotation that pitched to an 0 last year. And don't worry about the fact he only threw five innings. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Joseph Gonzalez, I don't know if you've ever gone back and looked at this, Dylan, but his his first year, his, his freshman year in 2021, he pitched to a 6-1-7 as a starter as, as, and, and, and only started five games, mostly out of the pen. Uh, I think he only threw, what, what was it, how many innings? um innings pitch 42 42 1 so like not even a ton of a ton of, of opportunities then you come back and you get to start as a sophomore and you pitch to a 3-2-2 as a sophomore folks pitching to a 3-2-2 in collegiate baseball when the other team gets to use aluminum bats is unbelievable it, it is unreal because kids can poke ball the, the ball out of the yard kind of easier easier a lot easier um, because there's a lot more pop off those aluminum bats Jogo's going to come back off rehab. There's going to take some patience. It's going to take some patience. And he's not going to be the joke. I mean, shit, if he is, not good for him. But like, he's probably not going to be the guy that you're ready to see come March, come April, June, like later in the season, more than the thick of SEC play. But he's going to be really, really good. And he's got the opportunity to bounce back. And then you bring in Carson Myers. Uh, Let's not forget this young man was a 3-5-2 in the Conference USA as, as a sophomore. Um, and, and then freshman year only had, he had 25 release, uh, ap- 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 relief appearances and struck out 28 batters in 28.1 innings. This guy had 71 innings of work last year and pitched with three, five, two as a sophomore conference USA skill level, a little bit different. I understand that competition a little bit different, but you'd like to think that he progressively, uh, he can progress ac- accordingly and proportionally. I really, really like this starting three Dylan. And the more I look at it, I spent kind of a lot of time looking into this today, um, because I was I was hoping I was hoping Myers was going to get the, the Saturday opportunity. I was kind of thinking you'd go go Myers also but I the more I kind of think put myself in the Butch Thompson mindset, the more this makes perfect sense for the first series of the season. Um I love this. Offense is going to come and it'll happen, but you got it's got it's got to start on the pit on the on the defensive end. I'm really pumped.
1: Yeah, I am too. And I'm going to be very pumped to see uh see the guys going to be catching all these all these pitches as well and Ike Irish who I think has officially been cemented as the catcher. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's going to be a weird change of pace to see a, to see a catcher who I can trust to hit the ball.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, Nate LaRue, shout him uh, out, bro. Shout uh, out. I man. love Nate
1: LaRue. He was one of the most, he was probably the most consistent batter last season, uh, towards the end of, towards the end of it. Uh, whenever, what was it? He was, he was it right. Right eye, he was right
0: handed, left, left, left eye. He he was, he like, what was it? He's like left, right eye dominant, but yeah, you know, swings from the right side of the plate. So you're trying to see over your nose or some crazy shit. Like Lindsey Crosby was telling, I don't know, man. But like, I'm glad he pieced it together. He was one of the best defensive catchers in the history of Auburn baseball, excluding David Ross. I'm not naive to that, but like, that guy was lights out. And and now having like Irish behind the dish. It's good. Uh, that means you have a, a, a routine guy that can build his relationships with his pitchers. That's so, so, so important. Um, a guy that can read his guys. Uh, and we're not kind of doing it by platoon anymore, uh, which is important uh, because you've got to have the the, the the anchor behind the dish. This is coming from a washed-up catcher, I understand. But <laughs> you, you you really want your, your catcher to be your, to be your field general. And he's got to be able to know what his strengths and weaknesses are, not just physical but mental, uh, of his guys. So it's very very important, and I think that's a tremendous uh, help. Let's talk about the other side of the diamond here, Dylan. Auburn softball eked one out over Wichita in the midseason. I put in parentheses: Auburn might stink. I don't know yet. Um, Dylan Cook.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to panic too much right now. I mean, this is uh, this is an Auburn s- softball season that's already been riddled with weather issues. Uh during the Tiger rotational They had to cancel two games and call one early. So Albert now has a one-one-on-one one, one record because of
0: that's so rain. Gross. That's
1: so yeah. Gross. Now they have a 2 one one record because of the game against Wichita, which this game was also delayed for about an hour because of rain in Mexico. Uh, but they were able to get it done. Uh they did have a pretty substantial lead. They were up six to one uh going into the seventh inning. Wichita State came in, in the bottom of the seventh and then got. Five very quick runs. Uh, Auburn was able to shut it down and then light it up at the top of the top of the first, top of the eighth. Sorry, uh with the Rose Roach RBI and a Amelia uh, per- Peralta ribby as well. So, got the job done. I'm I'm a little hesitant to start saying that this team is going to do less than expected. That Virginia Tech team is very good, Uh and they have one of the top pitchers in the country that was going head to head against. that game by the way. Yeah, they won the first game.
0: No, no, they won the second
1: game. It was tied. They're very upset about it. They're very mad that it got called because I do. They were on a little bit of a run and were. Probably you would have been
0: equally game. as hated if you were in their shoes.
1: I yes, I would, but yeah, I'm, not going, I'm not going. I'm not going to admit yeah. that. Life. I'm going to just say it was a tie. One one on one record uh, that Virginia Tech also has, uh, but you're going into UC Davis today at noon you have Utah which is a top 15 team at 2:30 and then you have Friday off and then get to welcome back Lindsey Garcia uh, and the Clemson Tigers on Saturday so it's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a fun weekend uh, sadly these games are not going to be on ESPN or any normal streaming service i think they're on flow sports i think that's where oh, i saw they were oh. being watched so you can also just follow Auburn softball on Twitter as well and get yeah. the updates. Like I'm, I not, had can,
0: I did, I'm not condoning bootlegging things, but if you can do anything to avoid getting a flow sports subscription, they're never going to sponsor us, Dylan. I can drag them through the mud. They suck. They're so bad. Um, and even if they were to come and sponsor us, it would take a large bag for me to act like I, I liked their service. Um, so yeah, no, that's disappointing. If you're looking for, other things to do this weekend to cheer on Auburn athletics. Uh, Auburn gymnastics does travel to Baton Rouge on Friday evening um, to take on Livy Dunn and the LSU Tigers and Haley Bryant and Haley Bryant and the LSU Tigers, <laughs> um, known TikTok uh, sensational um, since sens- uh, TikTok sensation gymnastics team in Friday Night Heights. But a talented team in LSU and a good test for for Auburn on the road um, to be able to go out and continue to progress the way that they have been to this point this year, right, Dylan?
1: Yeah, it's another meet that I'm look. I look very forward to watching. Uh, Auburn gymnastics did, uh, num numbies against Alabama last week, and I cannot stress enough how thankful I was to be able to watch that happen in person, and then show my girlfriend how to do reverse rammer jammer.
0: Reverse rammer uh, jammer feeds families.
1: It's, it's so fun. Uh, but yeah, this is gonna be a fun meet. Uh, Cassie Stevens versus Haley Bryant is gonna be an all time cinema. Uh, it's it's an absolute set of if you will, because I I think Haley Brighton just hit the uh I forgot what it's called what it's called, but she's gotten a ten on every single rotation this season, like That's she's gotten room. it's it's wild, and I don't I don't want to diss the the women's sports at all, but I, I do think Haley Brighton deserves a lot more love uh for the LSU gymnastics team, uh, and she could be up there right there with Libby Dunn, just put them both both on the pedestal because uh, Haley Bryant is just absolutely ridiculous. Haley Bryant's
0: giving you results, Livy Libby, Libby Don's giving you clicks, put them together.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you two do, do their full routine at the same time. That way you get all the views and the people are watching Haley Bryant absolutely kill it. But I'd right I, I say that I'd say a say, Livvy Dunn is also an all American. So I, I'm speaking yeah, out of my body. Livy Dunn is
0: also, like, regardless of the TikTok cringe, like, she is extremely talented. Yeah, um, every single one of those girls are absolutely ridiculous. If you're, if you're not talented, you're not competing in the
1: If you're not watching gymnastics, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. It's so right. fun if to you're watch. you're missing out
0: on Friday Night Heights, you suck because they are electric. <laughs> That's all we've got for the College League Podcast today. Um, I'm going to wrap it up here, Dylan, and remind everybody that if they want to continue to support the channel, the number one way you can do so is by hitting the subscribe button, liking this uh, this video, and ringing the bell so you can stay up to date. Wow, I just smacked my ring against my desk. That was loud. So you can stay up to date with everything going on right here at the College League Podcast. Make sure you give us a comment. Uh, drop, your, drop your thoughts on anything. You guys love to tell us when we're wrong, and I love to read them um so that's a it's it's a fun afternoon pastime for me the day after the show comes out i do read the comments we do so when you say mean things just know that if you're trying to hurt our feelings you don't but i do read them um and my mom reads them too so keep that in in mind just so you guys know my mom has called some of you an asshole before fun fact um, and my mom doesn't curse very often. Um, so that's true. Anyways, I digress. If you guys are not watching on the YouTube stream, make sure you hit like, uh, excuse me, give us a thumbs up or a five-star, whatever the highest review is on your streaming platform of choice. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us in whatever capacity you guys choose to do. So whatever works best in your schedule, if you want to support the show in ways beyond just giving us a thumbs up, like subscribe and ringing the bell, you can head over to the world Pick up your very own College of war Podcast Network co branded and feeling lippy t-shirt. Only $25, five different colorways. Link is in the description. Use hashtag feeling lippy. That's feeling without the G on whatever social media platform makes you the happiest. Tag us in it, and we will throw it up on the next show, the next stream, whatever works out better in our schedule and or your schedule. Thank you guys for your continual love and support. I'm here, Sitar, at ByHairSitar on the Bird app and at ByHairSitar on Instagram. If you guys want to come hang out, give me your good takes, your bad takes, everything in between. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Hope you guys all watched the voice management this past weekend. It was way more entertaining entertaining than the Super Bowl, except for Usher, who was awesome. I've not been on since uh, the Super Bowl. Atlanta won the Super Bowl, um, not the Falcons. That will ne- literally never happen. Uh, but Atlanta did win the Super Bowl. Dylan, thank you uh, for entertaining me, and let's get out of here.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, I just want to. I'm my face is. I have a very puzzled look on my face because they're already students out for the for Pearlville already. <laughs>
0: and i love it that's the culture that's the culture
1: dude it is three days away the tents are already out it's already crazy uh beginning of the of a civilization uh that get gets treated way better than our civilization did back (laughs) back three years ago but yeah yeah that's wild that's also awesome so i love to see that um uh, yeah, I'm Dylan A Boy Tank on Twitter. That's at Y-A-B-O-I-The Tank. Also Instagram as well at Dolan Lark at d y l e n l a r c k. If you need other help, if you need visual aids to spelling that, it's just right there. Right there in the orange bubble, my name. And then the white one is my Twitter handle. And then, of course, if you're also going to look for me in the college loop, absolutely everywhere. That's on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, The Works, all of those at the College Loop. Visual aid for that. Over there, right above Tar's head, and below. Uh, and it's right there, down there. Uh, and while you're down there, go make sure to go ahead and like and comment and subscribe. Uh, leave your thoughts on who do you think has the most approved for Auburn spring practice? And what is your prediction for Auburn, Kentucky, both the women and the men's editions of those games happening this, well, toni- tonight and this weekend. Uh, but yeah, uh, and also if you hate seeing our faces, completely understand it. Uh, I see how y'all respond to how we look it's also very funny uh there's also audio versions of the show as well on spotify podcast google Podcasts, and of course amazon music and of course all of that being said this has been the college loop podcast
0: love you guys happy late valentine's day